Today we are going to talk about how to prevent hair loss, but not just how to prevent hair loss, but when you grow your hair to make sure that it's it's full and prevent the loss of hair, focusing on this one very important common problem. And this involves a type of testosterone, a very strong type of testosterone called DHT. Several common uh, medications out there for hair loss, their mechanism is to block an enzyme so you can lower the amount of DHT that interacts with your hair because when this very powerful form of testosterone interacts with the receptor, okay, in your scalp, your hair just does not grow that well. If it does grow, it's going to be very miniature or tiny. So I wanted to create a video only on this one topic of how to restore the receptor for DHT because really the problem is that this receptor is turned up and that makes DHT more sensitive. And it is a genetic uh, issue for a lot of people, but there are things that you can do about it, okay? Because one of the problems people have when they're doing the medication is that it blocks DHT too much, and then they end up having side effects like decreased libido, erectile dysfunction, depression, things like that. But for this problem, it has everything to do with the receptor for DHT in your scalp. It is a genetic sensitivity problem. So how do we regulate it and turn it down a little bit so it's not overactive? Now, there are a lot of herbs out there that you can get and try, uh, salt palmetto, and, and some of these work for some people and some sometimes they don't work. I wanna talk more about some additional things that you can do that involve epigenetics, which is basically above genes, okay? It's things that you can do and take and eat that can keep these genetic variations in check and keep them working to your advantage. So there are five main factors that we're gonna focus on today. So what is the first factor that can worsen this problem? How do we deal with it? Well, it's called hypoxia. What is hypoxia? That is a condition where you have a lack of oxygen, okay, into your scalp. Now, what can cause a lack of oxygen? Three things, one, anemia, two, inflammation, and three, a lack of exercise. So of course, you have to look at this situation to see if you have a problem with any of these three. Do you exercise on a regular basis? If you don't, it might be a good idea to do it. Do you potentially have anemia, okay? If you do, um, the two types of anemia that people have would be uh, an iron uh, anemia or a B12 anemia. Iron and B12 both come from red meat. If you are a vegetarian or a vegan, chances are you may be deficient in these two unless you take them in the right form. But there's other causes of anemia as well. And these also relate to genetics. In which case, if you looked at your genes, the recommendation would be beef liver or liver, grass-fed liver tablets, something like that. But the one you would really need to take would be called methylcobalamin, not the cyanocobalamin. Okay, so that's just a, a tip with that. Other reasons for anemia is that you don't have enough stomach acid for some reason. And how do you know if you don't have enough stomach acid? Well, you're gonna have more indigestion. You might have acid reflux, things like that. That would be an indication that you need just to take uh, betaine hydrochloride to acidify stomach, and that could help you. Exercise, anemia, and then inflammation, okay? Um, 
a lot of people are consuming the wrong foods and they're inflamed. Their whole body is inflamed. The most commonly consumed food that raises the inflammation in your body has to do with omega-6 fatty acids. I, I harp on this over and over and over again. You just want to get those unsaturated oils out of the diet. I'm talking about the soy, the corn oil, the canola oil, the cottonseed oil, the safflower oil. Get them out of the diet because they're just no good. Instead, replace them with omega-3 fatty acids. Cod liver oil would be very beneficial. The other uh, natural anti-inflammatory that would help you with inflammation, as well as hair loss, is vitamin D. If you're going to take vitamin D, don't ever take less than 10,000 IUs, okay? There's many reasons for this, but most people are deficient, and they usually have a lot of barriers um, to absorb vitamin D. And so taking more is one solution. Now, number two, vitamin D, okay? Vitamin D directly can help turn down the sensitivity of that receptor. And a vitamin D deficiency could create more problems with DHT affecting your hair. So again, this is just a, a double reason to take vitamin D to reduce inflammation and also just to help you directly with this receptor. I would recommend a minimum of 10,000 IUs, uh, but you may want to take 20,000 IUs. There are people that just do this alone and all of a sudden they notice that their hair is coming back. It is virtually impossible to get your vitamin D from food and many people just don't get it from the sun anymore. So they take it as a supplement. And the third thing is an amino acid called L-lysine. Okay, L-lysine. A lot of people take L-lysine for growing their hair back and it's a very effective remedy. Uh, why does it work? Well, it works on that receptor, okay? It helps regulate the receptor for that GHT. So there's a couple things to do. You can take it as a supplement or you can just eat the food that is high in L-lysine. And that would be, <laughs> it's kind of a crossover to what I just said. Animal products, meats, red meat, things like that. It could be other uh, proteins as well, like chicken, fish, seafood, eggs. But L-lysine is low in nuts, grains, beans, seeds. Okay, so if you're eating a lot of those things and not any animal products, then maybe you want to switch over or at the very least start taking that amino acid, L-lysine, on an empty stomach because it competes with other amino acids. And number four, a deficiency of insulin can worsen this problem. So we need to increase insulin to help you with this receptor problem, to help regulate the sensitivity of the receptor. Now, this may oppose all the different videos I've talked about where insulin is bad, you should lower your insulin, et cetera, et cetera. And let me just clarify, because I just put a video out on this topic that talked about the problem with insulin is not insulin. It's the insulin resistance that develops because you're raising insulin so high, the body starts to block it and you end up with a insulin deficiency okay and so when i say raise insulin what i'm saying is to do it by fixing insulin resistance and that way you'll get the appropriate amount of insulin into that receptor insulin is an anabolic hormone and actually makes things grow and when we're dealing with the synthesis of hair we need more insulin to the roots of your head and insulin resistance is one big problem that's not only behind hair loss, but a lot of other issues. So how do we increase insulin? By fixing insulin resistance. How do we do that? By going on a low-carb diet, and we do intermittent fasting, okay? 
This is why metformin actually helps with hair growth because metformin works on the insulin receptor and it actually improves this resistance problem, increasing more insulin to make the connection so the whole circuit can work right. And number five, correcting the right amount of estrogen, okay? Women who are pregnant then have their baby notice hair loss right after pregnancy, mainly because they get this severe drop in estrogen. Also, when they have their cycle, when they have their period, the hair starts falling out. That's the lowest point of the menstrual cycle, right when they have their period. And also, when women go through menopause, they have a lower amount of estrogen, right? And they get hair loss. So how do we increase estrogen? Well, it depends what's causing it, but you could start consuming phytoestrogens like flaxseed. Uh, that can help balance estrogen. Sprouted legumes could help in a certain way. If you're going through menopause and you want to increase estrogen, you want to actually support the adrenal glands, okay? They have two of them. And the way you do that is maybe you take a, an adaptogen uh, called ashwagandha. And you also want to make sure um, that you have enough cholesterol in the diet, you know, like egg yolks and butter, because that's the precursors to make all these hormones, including estrogen and other sex hormones.